Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to... We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heat. And hello, Las Vegas. Happy Tuesday. Happy almost February to you all. That's right. Tomorrow is February, and we will talk about February and do fun February fun stuff tomorrow, because tomorrow will be February. But for today, it is still January. It's January 31st, the first month of 2017 is basically over. That's amazing to me. We only have 11 left, and then it will be 2018, and you'll have to relearn how to write your checks again because it happens every year. At least it does to me. I'm not sure about you, but I will spend weeks. In fact, sometimes I still write 2016 on everything because it just hasn't sunk in yet. This is The Frittle Show. You're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio here in Las Vegas from Liberty Baptist Church. Our next service will be Wednesday night, so tomorrow, 7 p.m. here at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. You should join us. And welcome to those of you listening over at the405media.com as well. Big news today is our 250th episode. 250 episodes. That, to me, is incredible. Once upon a time when I was walking into Best Buy to buy a voice recorder to very primitively record what I then called a podcast, I would never have imagined what would come of that. But I've told that story before, so I won't tell it again right now. But I did want to say thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. We would not have a show if you didn't listen. And I also want to say thank you to our great sponsors in Mario Gin, Any State Farm, Krispy Kreme, Hope Christian Health Center, and uh, and most especially to the members and leadership here at Liberty Baptist Church for making this 24-7 Christian talk station possible in Las Vegas and for letting me have a little uh, slot in our programming schedule. Hope you enjoy the show. If you do, you can pick up past episodes on SoundCloud or iTunes. Just go search The Frittle Show on either one, and you can listen to past episodes. We've had some good ones so far this year, and I think today we have another good show planned for you. My friend Steven Crowder from Ladder with Crowder, he's on CRTV now over with Mark Levin and Michelle Malkin. He's going to be joining us at the bottom of this hour, so stay tuned for that. We'll get his take on so many things and you just you never know what will happen when you have Crowder on the show so we'll we'll get there but I did want to start out because we are still I covered this yesterday but it's it's not uh, this issue is not going away by any means and it's if anything the waters are becoming probably more muddy on the whole refugee crisis because now what seems to be happening is we're having this debate of what would Jesus do which we should have, especially in Christendom. But instead of simply focusing on what would Jesus do and applying what Jesus would do as an individual to what we should do as individuals, we are trying to take things that were intended for us as individuals and apply them to countries in ways that I don't think was ever intended. What do I mean by that? Well, there are some things in Scripture that are not meant 
to be applied to government. They are meant to be applied to your life individually. There are some things in Scripture which are not meant to be applied to you individually. They're meant to be applied to the government or to a specific people or group. For example, the children of Israel were to march around the walls of Jericho, and then they would fall down. Now, if you read that, that promise is not for you. You can go march march around. If Donald Trump puts up a wall, you can go march around it. But God does not promise that if you march around it, that that wall will fall down. No, that promise was made specifically to the children of Israel and, and to Joshua. That promise doesn't apply to you. And what I fear is that as we enter this difficult time of this, this refugee situation, that we're muddying the waters of what our responsibility is as Christians versus what our responsibility is as a nation. I mean, God says that earthly rulers are agents of wrath who bring punishment to the wrongdoer and that uh, and Romans 13 says that the authorities are a terror to those who do wrong. Scripture, though, does not say that governments should be heartless. Now, entire nations are condemned for injustice, including unjust treatment of the poorest and most vulnerable members of society. But to say that the only way we can reconcile these things is to open our doors to migrants when we know that our enemy uh, intends to plant terrorists within their ranks, we're reading far too much into Scripture if we think that that is somehow biblical or that not doing that makes us somehow less Christian. And by the way, we're not actually a Christian nation. It amuses me when individuals, particularly individuals who are atheists, who reject all other notions of scripture, all of a sudden, have you noticed these people on Facebook and social media? Now they quote the Bible. Now they want to tell us what Christians should be like. Now they want to... <laughs> I even saw somebody put up one of Ronald Reagan's videos, and I'm going, okay, so now now you agree with Reagan, so now we can talk about all of what Reagan said, or you just want just that, just that one. It's kind of like what people are doing right now with the Bible. We're going to take just this verse, and we're going to take it out of context, but we're going to apply it to all of this, and if you don't listen, then you're a bad Christian because I got this verse from your Bible. No, no, that's not how it works. Take, for example, the story of the Good Samaritan. All right? So we have the story of the Good Samaritan. The Samaritan is walking by. There is a, a Jewish individual who has been beaten to within an inch of his life, and Jew after Jew passes his, him by with no compassion. The Jews and Samaritans are enemies. And yet the Samaritan stops anyway, cares for this man, takes him to an innkeeper to look after him, and even paid the bill. And this is a fantastic story, and it demonstrates the love and compassion which we are called as Christians individually to have for other people, even if they are our enemy. But here's a part of the story we don't usually talk about. The Samaritan didn't take that man home with him to his home. He paid the bill, but he did not put himself at risk in any way from harm from this man. And the Samaritan chose to help him. What many people are trying to say is that our entire nation should be forced to welcome people into our midst without really looking at if we have enough efforts in place to protect our country. And that is the role of our government. 
Our government is not simply supposed to step aside. Our government, what applies to us as individuals, does not necessarily apply to our government. Yes, our government should be compassionate, and yes, our government is called to treat the poor well and to welcome strangers. But it is not called to throw caution to the wind and endanger its own people in order to help others. But we've reached this place where we think that vetting and compassion are mutually exclusive and we can't possibly have one without the other. And we get so polarized in our my way's right and your way's wrong that we can't see the other side. But the fact of the matter is, this isn't a liberal or conservative issue. It's not a Republican versus Democrat issue. And quite frankly, it's not one of those issues that's entirely black and white. There is a little bit of gray in there. But wanting adequate security for your country doesn't make you a hating, racist, bigoted conservative. And wanting compassion for refugees doesn't make you a bleeding heart liberal. You can have both. And we have to reach a point where we have both and where we're willing to have that conversation. Because there are real people with real needs that really need our help. And we need to have compassion for them. But we also cannot say that it is somehow ungodly or unlawful lawful for the president to do his job and attempt to protect our nation. Franklin Graham put up a Facebook post, and it's very good. He has summarized this issue very well. And if there is anyone on the right, anyone in Christendom, who I believe has earned the right to talk about this issue, it is Franklin Graham. Samaritan's Purse does more for refugees around the world. Not just, they they work in Syria, they work in Europe, they work in Africa, they work in Asia. Everywhere around the world, Franklin Graham's organization is working with refugees. Muslim, Christian, Yazidi, you name it, Samaritan's Purse is involved. They are actually on the ground. They are actually making a difference. And quite frankly, if you want to actually help refugees... You will be more of a help to a refugee family by going and looking at how you can help Samaritan's Purse or even contributing to Samaritan's Purse than you are by standing in an airport with a sign. And I I don't mean to rain on anyone's parade, but quite honestly, standing in an airport with a sign does not actually help any refugee. It just doesn't. And you can say, well, it will change the political landscape. No, no. No, it won't. I'm not sure if you've met President Trump, but I don't think his sign, your signs are going to move him. If you want to actually help a refugee, go to SamaritansPurse.org and look at all the different ways that you can get involved and help real people with real needs on the ground where they are at. And yesterday, I'm not going to get into this again because I did yesterday. I, I think that this this executive order could have been executed differently and should have probably been executed differently. It should have had exceptions built into it, but I'm not going to rehash all that. You can go, it's on SoundCloud, you can go listen to it if you want my thoughts on that. Today I'm dealing with specifically this issue of where now we have people preaching to Christians and telling Christians what they should believe and that if they support this in any way, shape, or form, they're not actually Christians, even though the people that are saying this aren't Christians and don't agree with anything else in the Bible, but, oh, this is convenient. Now we'll take this verse and tell you what you're supposed to believe. So let's get back to Franklin Graham. He posted this on Facebook. You can go read it. It's just at Franklin Graham on Facebook. He said this. He said, there have been a lot of protests 
and discussion about President Donald J. Trump's executive action on immigration. Some people seem to have forgotten that the priority of the President of the United States is protecting the Constitution and safety of Americans. That's exactly what President Trump is trying to do. Taking action to secure our borders had to start somewhere. Is it perfect? Maybe not, but it is a first step. As they work on solutions during this 90-day travel ban, unfortunately there are some innocent families caught in this time of transition. I think that a thorough vetting process really needs to apply to people coming into the United States from all countries, not just seven. We have to be sure that the philosophies of those entering our country are compatible with our Constitution. If a person does not agree with our principles of freedom, democracy, and liberty, which we cherish, they should not be allowed to come. Without question, Sharia law is not compatible. Some are also criticizing Christians who support the president's position on immigration, and I'm one of those being criticized. But we have to realize that the president's job is not the same as the job of the church. As Christians, we are clearly taught in the Bible to care for the poor and oppressed. At Samaritan's Purse, we have been working in the Middle East for over 30 years. We've provided things like food, heaters, blankets, coats, shelter, plastic, and more for tens of thousands of refugees there and in other places around the world. We just opened a 55-bed field trauma hospital in northern Iraq where we're treating Muslims who are being wounded by other Muslims in the fight over Mosul. As Christians, we are commanded to help all, regardless of religious background or ethnicity, like the Good Samaritan Jesus shared about in the Bible. Our job is to show God's love and compassion. I believe the best way to help is to reach out and help these people in their own countries. I support the establishment of safe zones inside Syria and Iraq that would be protected by the international community until a political solution is found. We need to pray for political solutions that would bring peace and allow them to return to their homes as they desire. And that's it. That's from Franklin Graham. This is from a man who is actually working and actually helping refugees around the world, not just in Syria, not just in the Middle East, but in Asia and in Africa, in places where terrible things are happening that most of us probably don't even know about. Franklin Graham and Samaritan's Purse are working. I would argue that he is more familiar with refugee crises and refugee information than most of the people talking about the refugee issue today, particularly those who are claiming that it is unchristian or somehow unpatriotic or un-American to support President Trump's effort in this 90-day travel ban. Granted, again, as Reverend Graham pointed out, could it have been handled differently or executed differently? Probably. But it is not wrong for the president to do his job in protecting the Constitution and the safety of Americans. It is not wrong for us to say, you need to believe in freedom and democracy and liberty if you're going to come here. And Reverend Graham is exactly correct when he points out that Sharia law is not compatible with the Constitution under which we live. And if you think it is, then you simply have not looked at what people live under that live in countries that are governed by Sharia law. It is not compatible with American values to say that if you don't believe what the government tells you you must believe, then we will kill you. It is not compatible with American values to say that women are second-class citizens. You know, and we march on Washington because apparently President Trump has taken away some sort of rights for women around the globe. 
and yet we don't we can't name for you one of those rights that we have lost that is I, I, it blows my mind and that yet we have these countries around the world that where people live under sharia law where women are actually factually second class if not lower than that citizens that can't drive, that can't get jobs, that can't get an education, that can't leave the house without a male relative, that can't even prove rape without three male witnesses. <laughs> Our priorities and the things we get outraged about are so misplaced and misguided. I mean, instead of marching against a president who literally has taken away zero of your rights as a female in this country, maybe perhaps you should be standing up and marching and making a statement about these countries where women actually are second-class citizens or treated as second-class citizens. But somehow, our society has become so warped in our thinking and, and we just listen to what is fed to us instead of educating ourselves it's messed up it is messed up so anyway you can go and read uh franklin graham i think that he put it exactly right and again just to summarize our responsibility as individuals to show compassion and to be welcoming of strangers is very different than the responsibility of a government and President Trump is well within his both his right and his responsibility to our nation to enforce this travel ban. It is not a ban on Muslims, but again, I went into all of that yesterday. So if you want to hear more about my thoughts on that, just go to SoundCloud or iTunes. You can listen to yesterday's show. But for now, I'm going to have to take a break. But first, let me tell you about Mario Giannini State Farm Insurance. They're one of our sponsors here at KVXL. They offer all types of insurance, including but not limited to auto, home, and life insurance. If you have something that can or should be insured, they can help you out. And if you mention KVXL when you call Mario Giannini State Farm for a no-obligation insurance quote, they're going to donate $10 to Experience Liberty Radio. You can reach Mario's team at 702-982-3300, and we'd like to thank them for their support of our weekly programming. All right, we're going to, since it is the 250th show, I am playing some of my favorite songs today in celebration. When we get back, we'll have my friend Steven Crowder from Louder with Crowder and CRTV. He's going to be joining us. And then after that, I'll be doing today's giveaways, which today we're giving away Beyond the Mask, fantastic family film. It's uh, based on a true... Well, I won't give it away because you're, you're going to wonder the whole time if it's based on a true story or not. So I, I won't tell you that. I'll just tell you that it's a, it's a good um, historical story, shall we say, with some truth woven like some facts and fiction woven throughout. Um, and then we're also going to be giving away Shanti Feldhahn's book, The Kindness Challenge, which Dr. Gary Chapman of the Five Love Languages says has the potential to change the emotional climate of our culture. So we'll be giving both of those away. Stay with us. This is KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio. And now, The Piano Guys. And welcome back. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas. As promised, we have the one, the only, Stephen Crowder is on the line. Mr. Crowder, good morning to you. Thank you very much, and I hate to fact-check you right away, but you know I'm compelled to do this. There are other Stephen Crowders, so I'm not the one and only. Oh. Uh, I appreciate the sentiment, but you need to get better researchers, Crystal, on this program. I, You know, I do. I should, uh, I should pay them double what I'm paying them now, and um, 
and hire more of them. You're, just, you're just right. Fi- just fire them like the attorney general and hire different ones. That's true. I could do that because clearly they, they yeah. are getting their facts wrong and they need to go. You're right. You're right. I will fire them, pay the next ones double what I'm paying the current ones, and it will still cost me nothing. It will be it will be huge and it will be wonderful. This is why this is why you have your own show because you're so wise. I'm resourceful. That's how I consider myself. <laughs> Unlike that other Stephen Crowder. Thank God you didn't book him. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, first off, huge congrats to you. I don't think we've uh, officially spoken since you launched over on CRTV. That's awesome. How's it going? Thank you very much. You know, it's, it's going really, really well. Uh, honestly, I'm, I'm incredibly blessed and, and grateful for all the support uh, and the people there who've been supportive uh, on the network as well as the subscribers and the fans. I mean, it turns out, you know, when I get waterboarded and uh, dress up as a transgender and troll Wendy Davis that, uh, you know, people are willing to shell out their hard-earned dollars for it. So um, I, I really can't complain. It's a lot of work, you know, right now with the team. A lot of we're pulling 12, 15-hour days sometimes, but uh, – you know, I, I really hope that uh, that people are enjoying it, and um, I, I can't thank everyone enough who subscribed and supported it. Yeah, no, and it's it's awesome, and I know that there might be people out there listening going, wait, what, what did he just say, and maybe have a little bit of an issue with that, but the thing is, people are okay when people go undercover into like an abortion clinic or something. But you actually you you go undercover like deep undercover and it's it's hilarious and yet sad because you you infiltrate these people and get them to admit just the most absurd things. Well, you know, uh, yeah, sorry, I should, I should cover the people getting mad. That you're, so I, I do this. I don't like doing the, I mean, we've seen these right all over cable news, you know, these kind of low-rent hacks who just ask a question that, you know, someone couldn't answer, you know, for example, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, one day Ram Lincoln's birthday. Uh, I don't know, liberals are stupid, you know, so I don't like doing that. <laughs> but we do actually go in and live amongst them. I mean, we did this with college socialists. We did this at a feminist film festival. And then this go-around, I went in as a uh, as a transgender Stephanie, which I've done before to the Women's March, and uh, just given up, give people enough rope to actually say what they believe. And, and mm-hmm. lo and behold, they don't run any background checks or security clearances on transgenders. So we got an interview with Wendy Davis, and it was nonsensical. If I fulfilled no other purpose in my life, it's you know there was talk of them grooming Wendy abortion anytime on demand. Period. Uh, just the president. If she ever actually runs for office again, everyone's just going to share this video like it's hot. And I can die a happy man because I believe that her actions and her uh, worldview is truly evil. So um, it's kind of required, especially, you know, the more the more the program grows. I, I hate to sound arrogant, but I often get recognized. and My cover has been blown a couple of times. Yeah. I've actually lost some videos. So uh, now we've hired uh, wardrobe and makeup, and uh, you know the more people subscribe, the better the makeup can be, and the deeper undercover we can go. But uh, you know, not a lot of people are doing this. Uh, certainly, they do it on the left, and people on the right. You know, they feel like everything has to be investigative reporting and abortion clinics, and that's really productive. But you know, I, I'm an entertainer, and I'm an informer. That's that's how I see what we do. If people aren't entertained, we haven't done our job. Mm-hmm. But it is informative, and um, to go in and create something that isn't designed to create a lawsuit, that isn't designed to defund an umbrella of the government, but right. just designed to illuminate the way these people live. I mean, here with this Women's March, I can't even repeat their language, Bristol, obviously, mm-hmm. but their women's lady part hats, I'm sure people know, you know, has to do with uh, the feline animals. Guess, guess, if you haven't figured it out now, you need to watch TV more. But they were going out there wearing these hats, and um, it, it, this was once relegated to sort of the recesses of society, sort of the, the, the bowels of the underground. Mm-hmm. This is the mainstream Democratic Party right now. When Forgive me, I can, I can use the, the medical term. When Wendy Davis gives an interview and says, you know, we are now going to push as a national platform. Sorry, if you have kids, the actual word is vagina. That's not the word to use, hat economics, meaning 
entirely based on women's reproductive private parts is their economic platform, also based on a negative stereotype of women. This is no longer a few protesters on a college campus or some radical professor, you know, snorting coke with Barack Obama in, in the 60s or 70s. This is the mainstream DNC platform. And uh, I think a lot of people now are, are seeing it for what it is. And I wasn't a fan of Trump in the primaries. I'm, I'm certainly not a fanboy per se. But I do think that this transition has really served the purpose to uh, to shine a light on just how radical the left has become. Oh, it totally has. And and it is amazing to me how, you know, when we, and when I say we, I mean conservatives, those on the right, you know, we've lost the last two elections. I don't think that any conservative was overly thrilled about the fact that Barack Obama, one, became president, and two, was reelected. But you know what? We said, hey, he's the president now. We're going to uh, pray for him and uh, hope that he changes his mind on some things, but we will respect him in the office. We will not agree with him, most likely, on pretty much anything he does, but we respect the office and we'll be able to move on with our lives and report the news. Liberals and leftists are literally just freaking out. They're still in freakout mode. It's like, how what, are we almost three months from the election? And you would think that their world just ended. Like everything in their life exploded all around them. And America, as we know it, has crumbled into pieces. And no one can live happily ever after ever again because they have lost. And it's exactly what you said. They, it's It's so blatantly obvious now that Trump has won. Just they are they're hiding nothing no well i mean there were a few people during barack obama's presidency to be fair like donald trump who questioned the origins of his birth and his right no and, and i get that but i mean like as a it was a fringe as a whole exactly yeah right it, it was a fringe and, and and you see this here today i mean this is just the, the left for example um when they say you know well this guy got sucker punched i mean some people have been beaten up for voting donald trump they go well these people were instigating it's a tacit admission that the left violence is out of control they are not adults in handling their emotions, and they can't mm-hmm. be held responsible for their own violent, disruptive actions. And they think it's okay because they're mad. They think it's okay because they want to call Donald Trump racist or homophobic. A lot of people know this has been talked about. Donald Trump is the first president to ever take office who, as assumed office, was already pro-gay marriage. He's the only president ever, and he's the least Republican president ever. He wants to have, a, let's think, a $600 a billion-dollar maternity leave program. This is a guy who wants to increase the size of government. This is a guy who wanted to appease the left, and they just backed him up into a corner now where I think he's acting more conservative than he would be because they're behaving yes. so poorly, so unbelievably poorly that I bet you if you were to hold the election today, Donald Trump would win by a landslide. A lot of people yes. who kind of uh, tepidly pull, you know, pulled the lever for him, uh, I think today would be like, all right, all right, we've seen the left what it is, and he would win by a much bigger margin. Think about this. Think about this, Crystal. The, the, the left right now, they were voted against by Michigan union workers. Mm-hmm. Think about that for a second. They're out of touch. I mean, you see Hollywood, and they bestow it upon themselves the responsibility to speak out. Listen, they have every right to speak, just like anyone else does. But if someone at your office spoke at the water cooler and said, you know, listen, I'm a little worried about this administration, you have a dialogue. If someone at the water cooler at your office doing their job, none right. of these actors are supposed to do it, their job would say, oh, he's a Nazi. Anyone who voted for him was Hitler. Well, guess what? He'd probably have a meeting with HR and be fired. Yeah. So what we're seeing now is, is these, these people on the left. The left can no, can't always side with Hollywood demeaning everyone as racist and xenophobic. The left can't always side with the LGBTQ, AAIP, changing acronym for two genders. The left can't always side with Black Lives Matter acting as terrorist cells in the United States until they realize that they've sided with these people all the time, the socialists, the communists, the terrorists, the Black Lives Matter, the people who want to blow them up, until guess what? You lined up against everyone else in the United States of America, including the blue-collar working-class union voters who their vote was once a gimme. 
that's what's happening with the Democratic Party. And mm-hmm. uh, it, it is it is amazing to watch how out of touch they are. It, it really is. And I know I, I know your time is, is very limited here. Can I get four more minutes with you? Okay. All right. Because I want to get your take on this because you cover this issue, I think, better than 95% of those on the right. And that is the issue of Islam not exactly being a peaceful religion. And obviously now we have this whole uh, Muslim ban, quote unquote, which is in no way actually a Muslim ban. But uh, the interesting part about this that no one is really talking about is that these seven countries came from a list President Obama made. And oh, by the way, maybe it isn't a terrible idea for us to actually, you know, look at our vetting process and maybe vet a little bit better since terrorists are saying that they would actually infiltrate them and come and kill us. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah, am no, I missing something? No, 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 you're not at all. There are a few ladies that don't feel you're correct. And Barack Obama, I think Sky News, you know, they call us a ban. It's a temporary moratorium. But by the way, am I the one who sees the irony that when they say this is a Muslim ban, then they go hashtag not all Muslim every time a terrorist <laughs> act is committed? Like, this is less than, I think, 5%. Of, of, of Muslims worldwide. And when you say the Muslim ban, you're saying that all the people who we need to vet because they could be potentially terrorists represent all Muslims. But the irony is so rich that one could get gout yeah. if you consume too much media right now. So um, that uh, and something else, you know, people get really mad uh, when they say, when Donald Trump says, we're going to give priority Christians. Yeah. So especially the Syrian refugees, less than 2% of those accepted are Christians. Correct. They make 10% of the Syrian makeup. I believe well, it's either 56 or 58 actual people. I think 56 individuals under President Obama, we accepted over 10,000 Syrian refugees and 60, or 56 of them were Christians. Right. Now, let's be clear. They burn Christians alive in cages. Yeah. If we're actually talking about being humanitarians, I mean, let's remove the abortion issue off the table right away because the hypocrisy immediately causes this house of cards to, tr- to, to crumble. Yes. But if we're going to talk about humanitarian effort, saving people who are persecuted, why wouldn't we start with the people who are burned in cages? Let me change that for a second. They're all upset. Oh, this is religious discrimination. Okay, let's change it. Instead of taking Christians first, let's take all gays, lesbians, and transgenders first. Absolutely. Rainbow flags, open arms, because guess what? Christians are far more persecuted there than people who can't get a custom uh, pizza to, to, to cater their, their, uh, mm-hmm. their gay wedding, okay? Mm-hmm. Christians there are far more persecuted than gay people are here. So here it's about the persecution. By the way, they line up with people who would throw their gays off rooftops for having a list. But when we say, listen, these are the people who are the most persecuted over there. These are the people who need to be removed and we're willing to, to, to open our doors and open our hearts to them. Oh, that's discrimination. Well, okay, let's just change this. Let's get everyone happy. Let's bring Christians over first and homosexuals. We can get everyone on board and bring all of them out, and we'd still hit our 10,000 refugees. We'd have more than enough. We'd have more than enough just with Christians and gays. Let's do that. Let's come together. I'm willing to find common ground. Doesn't that sound reasonable? <laughs> it sounds It sounds reasonable. I, I, it, but the problem is you're, you're talking about people that clearly right now are not able to think in a reasonable manner. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, and I hate to assume that because I always try and have leftists on, on my show, and it's really hard to get them on the show. They just say, well, there's no point in trying to reason with you. Someone today said there's no point in trying to reason with cancer. So I always offer them the opportunity to reason. There are some people who are reasonable, but the platform as a whole is unreasonable. But let me kind of, we talked about this in yesterday's show, okay? You, you know, all the protests elite Uber because the, the taxi unions uh, refused to show up because of all these protests and solidarity with the protests for whatever reason. So Uber didn't cancel their ride. They continue mm-hmm. running rides. And, and you know what? Good on them. They removed their uh, their surcharge, you know, their, their high traffic surcharge on YouTube, on Uber. They provided yeah. a service at a more affordable price to help people. And there were protests. Uber and Airbnb are a part of what is called the sharing economy. 
This is a service that allows someone to not be beholden to the 1% corporate overlords. It allows someone to be financially independent, to be flexible, to be successful, to choose the kind of life they want to live, to go to school. Uber and Airbnb, the sharing economy is perfect. It should be exactly in line with everything people like Bernie Sanders claim they support. And they're against it. They oppose the sharing economy because they are so clearly in the pocket of big unions. So it's mm-hmm. clear that this whole thing is a sham. Let me change one thing, okay? Yeah. We want to. We don't want to have uh, refugees forcibly resettled in our neighborhoods because you know the rape problem, the murder problem, the stabbing problem, the religious problem, the Sharia courses we've seen in Europe. I mean, I need just to a couple of issues. But, yeah, I got, I got you. Yeah, just, just a couple of qualms, let's call them. Um, and they, they say, well, no. Listen, this is the right thing. You will accept these refugees in your neighborhoods, and it will happen by force out of the goodness of your own heart. Now, I want to run an Airbnb, and out of the goodness of my own heart, provide my home or my apartment to someone at a lower cost who needs it and can't afford a hotel, often because of corrupt culinary unions who operate these hotels and astronomical prices. If I want to, out of the goodness of my own heart, through a voluntary transaction, open up my house for somebody to use, these things. wrapping your head around it because there is no wrapping your head around it. It can't occur anymore. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. And on that note, I sadly am going to have to let you go because I have to take a break. And I know you're, you have a bazillion things most likely to do today because your daily, Mr. Never Daily, has gone daily over on CRTV. If people want to watch you, listen to you, stalk you on social media, how can they do that? Yes, well, there's, you know, LottawaWithCrowder.com is where we uh, write articles and do videos every day. And if you go LottawaWithCrowder.com slash Mug Club, that's slash Mug Club, you can uh, join the Mug Club. You get access to all of CRTV and you get a, uh, a wonderful LottawaWithCrowder hand-etched custom mug. So um, it's a partnership with LottawaWithCrowder and CRTV. And, and thus far, it's a match made in heaven. So I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of it. That's awesome. I actually didn't realize that. So Mug Club is not just access to your program. That's access to Levin, Malkin, and... Uh, uh, I'm missing somebody. Who else is on CRTV? Uh, Malkin Stein. I Stein. Base now, and actually Jared and Courtney are going to have a show starting in February. People who they, they love their writers on the website. So I yeah, saw that. That's CRTV awesome. Plus some extra content. Yes, yes. I uh, I need to go review their program and make sure that it's uh, it's suitable for air. But a lot of people <laughs> have been asking for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, congrats to all you guys. Very well deserved. Love the show. Obviously, you're my you're like my big brother who's younger than me and i appreciate you joining us today it's tons of fun and incredibly educational as always so thanks Stephen. i appreciate it thank you so much crystal and congratulations to you i'm I'm glad to see you doing well and uh everyone out there if you don't support crystal um i'm gonna send somebody to break your legs thank you crystal (laughs) all right thanks Stephen. stay with us we're gonna take a break here we'll be back in just a minute you're listening to 101.1 fm experience liberty radio all right That was amazing, Grace. My chains are gone from noteworthy acapella. All right. It is the 250th episode, and as promised, it is time to give things away. Today I'm giving away Beyond the Mask, which is a uh, historical story that takes place around the time of the American Revolution. It is a great family flick, and uh, it's got some action. It's got some romance. I actually I watched this movie the other night and I really enjoyed it. I think you and your family might as well. It's clean. You can watch it as a family. There is well 
Never mind. If you win it, I may or may not tell you part of the plot, depending on how old or young your children are, just so you are aware of if you if you need to filter one certain spot. But it's really it's it's really it's clean for the entire family. Anyway, that's all I'm going to say. If you win it, I will maybe or maybe not share some more with you. But it's called Beyond the Mask. It was made, I believe, by a group of homeschoolers actually wrote and produced this family-friendly flick put together. Uh, it's won awards from HSLDA, Focus on the Family, Apologia, uh, AFA. It's won a Dove Award. It's it's just, it's a good movie. All right? And then the other thing I'm giving away... Oh, it was made by Burns Family Studios. I believe that Burns is the homeschool family that put this movie together. And it's really well done. The other thing we're giving away is Shanti Feldhahn's book, The Kindness Challenge, 30 Days to Improve Any Relationship. This is an excellent book. It's hardcover. It's yellow. It's bright and happy. And Dr. Gary Chapman, who wrote The Five Love Language, says that this book has the potential to change the emotional climate of our culture. And if we needed a cultural climate change any time in this country... Now now would be a good time for one. So, how can you win either one of these things? Well, since it is the 250th episode, and since I love history, and since one of the things we're giving away is a historical story movie, we're going to do some history trivia. Are you ready for this? All right. On this day, Governor Morris I, by the way, was born... He was an American statesman. He was a founding father of the United States. He was a native of New York City, was his place of birth. He was a representative of one of the colonies at the Constitutional Convention in 1787, although I get this at that point, so it would be states. Um, and he also signed the Articles of Convention. The trivia question is this, and if you know the answer, you need to call us at 702-647-4522. That's the only way that answers will be accepted today. You must call. No texting me, no tweeting me, no Facebooking me or anything else. You must call if you think you know the answer to this question, and calling is your only opportunity to win. This trivia question is for Beyond the Mask, our DVD. Governor Morris. Governor Morris, what state... Did he represent at the Constitutional Convention in 1787? Give us a call, 702-687-4522. If you know the answer to that question, what state did Governor Morris represent at the Constitutional Convention in 1787, then you're going to win our family-friendly DVD, Beyond the Mask. All right, next question. Also a This Day in History question. On This Day in History... The first McDonald's was opened in the Soviet Union. What year was that? And what year, on January 31st of what year, did the first McDonald's open in the Soviet Union? If you know the answer to that question, you're going to win Shanti Feldhahn's book, The Kindness Challenge. And again, the only way to win, you have to call 702-647-4522, one winner per family. So you can't call and answer both questions and win both. If you think you know the answers to both, pick which one you want and just give us one answer. 702-647-4522. Thanks for being with us. Hope you have a fantastic day. We're going to end with... It's about the cross from the Ball Brothers. I love this song, and since it's our 250th, I'm playing some of my favorite songs for you today. Be back here, same time, same place, tomorrow. KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas.
It's not just about the manger where the baby lay. It's not all about the angels who sing for him that day. It's not all about the shepherds on the bright and shining star. It's not all about the wise men who traveled from afar. It's about the cross. It's about my sin. It's about how Jesus came to be born once so that we could be born again. It's about the stone that was rolled away so that you and I could have real life someday. It's about the cross. It's not just about the good things this life I've done It's not all about the treasures or the trophies that I've won It's not about the righteousness that I've 